Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Brady Homer. Brady is a PhD candidate in applied physiology and kinesiology at the University of Florida and a writer and researcher for examine.com. His research interests include the effects of aerobic exercise on endothelial function and how sleep deprivation impacts endothelial function and cardiovascular health. Brady is also an endurance athlete and the host of the Science and Chill podcast. I found Brady on Twitter and absolutely loved his content, and so I invited him on the show and he absolutely delivered. In this episode, Brady breaks down a recent systematic review and meta-analysis that examines the effects of concurrent training combined with a low-carbohydrate, high-fat ketogenic diet and its impact on lean muscle mass, body composition, VO2 max, and more. We also discuss popular diets for improving body composition and how they stack up. This is a phenomenal show if you want to break through all the bro science on the internet when it comes to diet and its impact on body composition. But before we get started, if you're tired of wading through all the bro science and you're looking for cutting edge research and tools you can implement today to improve your mind, body, and recovery, then sign up for my weekly newsletter adaptation. You can sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to www.ericcorum.com. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Brady, it's a pleasure to have you on the blueprint. I'm excited to dig into your rich scientific brain. I really enjoy your Twitter thread. So that's a plug right off the bat. You need to follow this guy on Twitter. We'll put that in the show notes. But there was a paper you recently highlighted in your Twitter thread, and it was a systematic review of meta-analysis looking at concurrent training. So that's strength training, anaerobic exercise, combined with a low-carbohydrate, high-fat ketogenic diet. And the review basically showed that this didn't have any significant impact versus other types of diets on lean body mass, body composition, improve VO2 max. So I'd like to kind of discuss that. And then also, is there really a magic diet or mixture of macronutrients that seem to impact performance? Because concurrent training is basically what the general population is doing. Yeah, that's a, uh, a great question. And, you know, just first of all, I'd like to say thanks for having me on, Eric. I'm very excited to, to chat about things today. And uh, yeah, so the paper that you were discussing, uh, again, just to kind of reiterate, they did, they looked at concurrent training. So I guess important to note that these studies were looking at not just resistance training or not just aerobic training with the ketogenic diet, but participants who were doing both at the same time. So they kind of did like a mixed, you know, like you said, what most people do. They exercise maybe three times per week aerobic training, two times per week resistance or, or something like that. So they were looking at, you know, whether a low carb, high fat diet, is that any better than say a moderate to even high carbohydrate diet? If you're looking to improve body composition, aerobic performance, so VO2 max and things like that. The reason that they're looking at that or, you know, that particular question is because as most people might be aware of, you know, ketogenic diets, low carbohydrate diets are sort of promoted for their ability to benefit maybe body composition more than a high carb diet, you know, because we know, you know, carbohydrates are the cause of obesity, little joke right there. I don't really believe that, uh, <laughs> but you know, that they may be better for reducing body fat than a higher carbohydrate diet. So 
It's an important question, and some studies have shown benefits, some studies show none, but this was a meta-analysis. So what they did was kind of take all of these studies that are available on concurrent training in ketogenic diets and sort of summarize the evidence um, and run some statistical analyses. Now, granted, there were only eight studies, so I guess that's something to note first. There's not a lot of data in this area. But overall, as you mentioned, there weren't really any significant effects. So when you compare concurrent training with a keto diet to concurrent training versus, say, a carbohydrate unrestricted diet or a moderate carbohydrate diet, you don't see a benefit for body composition. You don't see a benefit for weight. You don't see a benefit for a performance. So maybe like a time trial or something like that. You don't see a benefit for VO2 max. And so where I say no benefit, that doesn't mean that in those studies, participants didn't improve. So I think that's important to note. So you can consume a low-carbohydrate ketogenic diet during concurrent training, and you can improve your VO2 max. You can improve your body composition. The conclusion of the analysis is that it's not any better than a higher-carbohydrate diet. Again, that's important because, you know, it's not to say that ketogenic diets are bad if you're looking to improve your VO2 max or your body composition, just that, you know, they might not be magical or any better than these high-carbohydrate diets for improving some of those parameters. I think it's interesting because, you know, body composition is sort of this one focus when it comes to ketogenic diets. So reduce your carbohydrate intake, up your fat intake, and some of the purported benefits and some of the benefits that have been shown in studies are, you know, you can maybe decrease your, your body fat. And it doesn't seem like, at least based on this publication, that that's true. There are actually some other publications too um, on resistance training paired with a ketogenic diet. And that also doesn't seem to show that it's any more beneficial uh, for improving body composition, lean body mass, etc. So again, you know, this isn't to say keto low carb is detrimental for VO2 max or body composition during training. Um, and if it works for somebody, then sure, you can implement that diet, but it doesn't make the case that keto is superior to a higher carbohydrate diet if that's the diet that one would uh, prefer to train with. So this opens the door for the question, right? Like it seems as if you want to improve body composition, if you want to lose fat, you need to eat in a caloric deficit or you need to be in a caloric deficit, I should say. You could exercise more than what you intake, right? Or you can eat less. And you, the 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 formula, it's basically the outcome is what you were looking for. So whether you're eating high, moderate, or very low carbohydrate diet, if you want to change your body composition and you want to lose body fat, it seems like from the quantity of literature out there that you need to just eat in a caloric deficit or be in a caloric deficit. Would you agree or disagree with that? No, I would agree, Eric. And um, that kind of, uh, we can bring in some of the studies on uh, another kind of popular topic of time-restricted eating. That's kind mm. of hot in the uh, pop culture kind of diet sphere now. Um, and a lot of the studies would show something similar for that. You know, people will argue time-restricted eating is better than just saying eating whenever you want. But when you look at all of the data kind of as a whole, it doesn't really seem that when calories are equated, it's really any better than, say, eating, you know, in a 12-hour time span versus a six-hour time span. If you're eating the same amount of calories from a body composition perspective, and again, stressing that it's body composition because some, you know, cardiometabolic biomarkers might improve with TRF, time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding compared to normal feeding. Um, but in terms of weight and body composition, there doesn't seem to be much of a benefit as long as calories are equated. So exactly kind of what you said. And 
the reason for that, I, you know, would be because so say somebody adopts a low carbohydrate, high fat ketogenic diet, but they're not reducing their calories. So yeah, you, your fat burning capacity increases when you eat a low carb, high fat diet. And studies have shown that both in healthy individuals, um, ketogenic athletes and people with maybe metabolic diseases, your fat burning ability goes up when you adopt a ketogenic diet. But it's important to delineate that just because you're burning more fat doesn't mean that the fat you're burning is body fat. So if you increase your substrate availability by eating more fat, well, you're going to burn more fat because that's what your substrate utilization. It's the fuel that you're providing your body with, right? If I eat more carbohydrate, my body's going to use more carbohydrate. If I eat more fat, my body's going to use more fat. So sure, you're burning more fat, but is that body fat, is that going to lead to a reduction in body fat or a decrease in body fat percent? Probably not. Again, it's really, you know, it all comes down to sort of just that energy balance. You know, I hate to use the calories in calories out. I think energy balance is kind of a more uh, yeah. appropriate term to use um, just because energy is a lot, you know, it's more complex than calories in and calories out, but mm -hmm. you know, it, all, it really all does come down to, to energy balance when it's all said and done. That's, that's really interesting because the ketogenic diets, I do think that some people that switch from maybe they're eating a lot of processed foods and they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to change everything, right? I'm going cold turkey. I'm going to move more towards whole foods, ketogenic diet. They're just satiated. I mean, when you eat a lot of fat and a lot of protein, you're really full. It doesn't take long for you to get full. That's one of the benefits of eating fat. And so when you're eating a lot of refined carbohydrates, a lot of processed foods that are high in sugar, high in sodium, like you're going to lose some water. You're probably going to be eating less calories in total. Um, and so you're going to lose some weight. And so there's kind of this like, Hey, I see these things happening with my friends that are doing this. And so ketogenic diets must equal improve body composition. Well, no, the energy balance probably got shifted. Um, doesn't mean that it's bad at all. I think we would both agree that we'd rather have somebody maybe doing that than eating McDonald's seven days a week. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I think this I is also, just, go ahead. Yeah. So I also just think that, you know, that is, there's a case to be made because, you know, you see, you go get on Twitter and you see all of these diet wars kind of happening. People are like, Oh, low carbohydrate or keto isn't magic. You know, fasting isn't magic. And while I would somewhat agree with that, I think that as you kind of, eloquently said, they can be like hacks because some people don't do well on a high carbohydrate diet, maybe not because carbs are inherently bad, but because it just drives them to like eat more. So mm -hmm. maybe for some people, time restricted eating, say if I limit, you know, my eating window during the day to four or six hours, maybe that is the tool that I need to reduce my calorie intake. And for some people, that's the case because, you know, if they have a, you know, if somebody's eating from 7am to 7pm, well, they just really can't, they're not good at restricting their food intake. But if they eat from, you know, 4pm to 8pm and limit their window, maybe they're better able to kind of moderate their intake of things, you know, they enjoy maybe the extended kind of fast during that time restricted eating. Um, and same thing with the ketogenic diet, you know, if eating higher fat keeps you satiated and allows you to reduce your calorie intake, then that's probably better. You know, we all have different like neurobiology and things like that, things that drive our food intake um, and ways that we, you know, prefer to eat. So for some people, these tools are going to work for others, you know, they might not work. But interestingly, some of the fasting studies and the low carb studies, I guess, but 
you know, some people would say, oh, you're fasting for 18 hours a day, you're going to be extremely hungry. That's not really what they show. So they show mm-hmm. that, you know, if you fast and do this, say 18-6 time-restricted eating protocol, it actually like reduces hunger compared to the studies where they're allowed to eat within a longer time frame. So again, just these are all tools and some, not all tools will work for, for everyone. So there's no like magic in the low carb or keto approach, but it certainly is uh, more beneficial for some people to, to eat that way. Thanks for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, then please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app, as this will help us reach more people on their platform. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.